Thank you for that prayer, Nathaniel. So, if you're new today, uh, we seem to have a lot of new people lately. Uh, we take a book of the Bible and we just go verse by verse and study it. Actually, we're doing two books right now. We're looking at the book of Romans and we're looking at the Gospel of John. We're in the Gospel of John, only the second sermon. So, if you're just getting here, we got a long way to go. Um, I might as well warn you, if you're new, we, we're not trying to trick you. We're not trying to sell you anything. But, but we believe that Scripture, God's, we call it God's Word, it's the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is boldly going to say that in the Gospel of John, that He's the only way. And Scripture is written about Him. So we believe it's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And the good news about John's Gospel, John's goal is he wants you to believe. He wants you to see spiritually what he saw, but he saw Jesus physically. He touched him. He saw the miracles. He saw him after the resurrection. And so he is sharing with you. We have manuscript evidence, historical evidence that prove this was written by the eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ. So John writes this, so you will believe. We introduced it last week. We left off at verse 6. I'm going to look down at verse 13 today. Titled this, The One True Light. Let's, I want to read, since it's short, I'll read it first today. It says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to His own, and His own people did not receive Him. But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. When we opened up John's Gospel, we saw that Jesus Christ is way beyond some good moral teacher. We saw that Jesus is way beyond the angels, that cults come and say that He's only an angel to our door. Cults come and tell us that He's the brother of Lucifer. No, John says He's way beyond that. We learned that He is eternally God. He is equally God. And the good news for us, He is enjoyably God. He's always been alive. He's created all things. <clears throat> he was there and equal with His Father. And that God was a God of joy. And God wants us to experience that joy. The last verses that we left off on, I want to look at them again. 
Verses 4 and 5 says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So John starts out using all these metaphors. He calls Jesus the Word. The Logos means He is the communication of God. He speaks for God. He speaks as God and shows us who God is. He calls Him the life. The life. Well, don't we have a life? I mean, aren't we all alive? Uh, you, I, I think all of you are alive, okay? Um, you're physically alive. I've had a lot of people sleep through my sermons. But I've never had anybody die in a sermon yet, thank God. So you're alive physically, but are you alive spiritually? Do you have this life that John is talking about, the abundant life, life to the full, the life that God wants to give? And now we see, and we're going to see it in John's gospel, he calls Jesus the light, the light that can overcome darkness. I think everybody might notice, you don't have to be a Christian, you don't have to be a believer to notice that the world is getting very dark. And actually, I think it can be a good thing. It can be a good thing. Because some people are sensing the darkness. They're sensing it. And it's kind of like the family that's out on the boat, and all of a sudden, it starts to get dark out there, and they say, hey, we better, we better get to safety. We better get to where the lights are. They're out camping, walking in the woods or whatever, and all of a sudden, it starts getting, getting dark, and they sense it, and they say, hey, we better get back to the camp where we can turn the lights on. We don't want to be stuck out here in the dark. So you can kind of sense it. And I think God uses that. He used that with me. You know, that old Bob Dylan song, it's getting dark, too dark to see, feel like I'm knocking on heaven's door. Oh, that was me when I was 18. And I began to sense the darkness that I was involved in and where I was headed. And that's a good thing because it will push you toward the light. And it's the light of Jesus Christ. I, I, a lot of people are saying this to, in, to me. Man, I, I need God in my life. I, I got to get back to church because they're sensing the darkness, and that's a good thing. So if that's going on in you, great, because you've come to the right place, because we're going to tell you about the right person that is the light, the only light, the only true light. So I just want to look at three things today. Um, we're going to look at light revealed, light rejected, and then life, light received. So let's look at light revealed. He writes in verses 6 through 8, he says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. 
Now, this can be confusing because this is called the Gospel of John. So you think John might be talking about himself here. He's not. He's referring to John the Baptist. And he's going to start talking about the ministry of John the Baptist. But he mentions him here because he wants, he wants all, all of us to know that John was the first witness. He is the first witness God used to present Jesus to the world. John the Baptist was actually the last Old Testament prophet, even though we read about him in the New Testament. Jesus said about John the Baptist, well, first of all, let me say this. The world looks at John the Baptist, and I think some of us, you read about John the Baptist, and you just think he's Jesus' crazy cousin. Because he's out there in the wilderness eating bugs, literally eating locusts, and wearing camel skins, out there in the wilderness preaching at everybody, right? Jesus said about John the Baptist, he's the greatest man born of woman. The greatest man. The greatest man that ever lived, besides Jesus, of course, who was the God-man. Why is John the Baptist the greatest man? Because he had the greatest job in history. How can he be greater than Abraham? How can he be greater than Moses? How can he be greater than David? How can he be greater than the prophet Elijah? Because all those prophets were saying the Messiah is coming, the Savior is coming. John was saying the Savior is here. And that's why he was so important. And of course, I think he was also a great man because of his character. Because he, he lived in self-denial. He wasn't living in the comfort of the world. That's why he was out there doing what he was doing. He totally kept his focus on God. He was a humble man. And he kept trying to tell the people, don't worship me. Because they were all attracted to him because he was dressed up like the prophet Elijah. And he did that on purpose to get the people of Israel's attention. So he could announce about Jesus. But John would always say, listen, I'm, John said, I'm not worthy to touch Jesus' sandals. He said, he must increase, I must decrease. But do you know, you reread in the book of Acts, after the resurrection, after the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit came, do you know that they found people that were still following John the Baptist? It's kind of sad. It was a good thing in the sense because John was pointing people to Jesus, but many of them focused more on John and they missed Jesus. But the good news was these apostles found these men and told them about Jesus and they became believers in Jesus Christ. And so John's just saying, listen, don't, don't ever worship the messenger, okay? Uh, you know, I'm the pastor. I don't have any light to offer you within myself. I'm just a sinful man. I'm just another sinner saved by grace like you. I can tell you about the light that God put in me. I can... I'm going to tell you this morning about the light, the only true light. But only He can give you light. No religious man, there's no religious potion, no religious action. 
that's going to give you light. Only the true person, Jesus Christ, who is that light. And this is what John wants us to know here. Verse 9 says this, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. The true light. I like that. So God uses, the Holy Spirit is using through John this metaphor of light. So let's talk about light a little bit. Obviously, uh, I don't know how much science you know, but light, light is actually energy. It's luminous, uh, radiant energy. It's called a quantum phenomenon, okay? Meaning, that's a fancy way of saying it's, we can see it, we can kind of explain it, but yet it's still beyond our understanding, okay? There's a lot of things in science today, even in our world of technology. Science can tell you what it is, but they can't really explain it, tell you where it came from, how it got there. Like gravity. You know, they can tell us there's gravity. We live on this giant ball that hangs on nothing. We're spinning around a thousand miles an hour. What keeps us from flying off the earth? Well, it's gravity, dummy. Yeah. Well, how did gravity get there? Right? We know who put it there. We know who designed it. You know, July 29th, the world was spinning around faster than ever. And it was the sh one of the shortest days recorded in history. Do you know about that? You, you know why you get dizzy sometimes? <laughs> yeah, think about it. Uh, uh, man, you know, if you, walk in, if you walk into work late tomorrow and everybody's staring at you, go, man, the earth's spinning around fast today. <laughs> They'll think you're crazy, but you'll be scientific. All right? But light, this luminous energy, where did light come from? We know. We, we, can, we can open up our Bibles and read the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And God said, let there be light, and there was light. I love it. I love the fact that God purposely created light before he created the sun and the moon and the stars. So all the skeptics would go, oh, it can't be, it can't be. How could there be light? Right, because he's God. Why would he create light before all the other stuff? Because he can. And he's glorious, showing that light comes from him. And I think when God said, let there be light, he created physical light, that luminous energy. But I also think there's something spiritual there. I think because we know God created the heavens and the earth for his glory. And I think God, when God said, let there be light, he was saying, let there be a revelation of me. Let people know me. And the only way you're going to know him, if that spiritual light enlightened you. Um, light, when light hits your retina, happens so fast, light's traveling 186,000 miles per second, Einstein and those guys, how do they figure that all out, right? But that light, you know, reflect, refracts off your, your retina, and it makes things visible. 
Do you know what the mathematical chances are, are for that to happen by chance? There's got to be a designer. We know who he is. But listen, the same God that created light, the same God that created your retina and make, gives you physical sight can give you spiritual sight, and that light, that energy from God must illuminate your soul, your heart, so you can see the truth of Jesus Christ. And now, notice here, he says, the true light. That's important. Why does he say the true light? Obviously, there must be false light then, right? Of course there is. So this is what Scripture is trying to tell us all because we're so deceived by other lights that attract us and draw us to it. There are so many religions in this world and people say, how do we know the truth? Well, John's telling us this, he is the true light. He is the only light. He is the only way. And people say, yeah, but Frank, there's so many religions in the world. Yeah, but guess what? There's really only two, the true and the false. And the false just comes in a variety of forms. And it's all man-made. It's religion is what people make up because they don't want the truth, so they make something up. Now, I like this religion better. This is the way I'm going to earn my, my way to God. And it ends up in darkness. So understand that. The last thing we want to do here at this church is make you religious. We're actually trying to change you from that because we want you to have a relationship with the true God. Because all that religious hocus-pocus means nothing. And I say it all the time, and I'm going to continue to say it, because new people need to hear it. It's funny coming from a pastor. Religion is the worst thing in the world. More people have been murdered because of religion. There's more fighting because of religion. Look at history. Religion is no good. The only, thing, the, only, the only thing is truth. The truth of God comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, remember 2 Corinthians? We just talked about it, I know, but you need to see it. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, And Paul's here, he was talking about all the false prophets. In his day, Jesus warned us about all the false prophets in the end times. I think we're here. And he says this, Paul says this, and no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. There it is. You want to know why there's so many religions? You want to know why there's so many offers of light that isn't the true light? Because Satan's doing it. And it's not, it's, he's not a red guy <clears throat> that you dress up on Halloween. He's a powerful being that's trying to keep everybody from the truth of God. So this is so important to know. John is saying the light is being revealed through Jesus Christ, but it can only come from Him. He is the only one 
that can illuminate you to the truth of God. Okay? So be very careful out there, folks. Be very careful out there. Number two, <clears throat> I want you to see here's some bad news. I want you to see light rejected. The true light is rejected. Uh, verses uh, 10 and 11 says, he's talking about Jesus now. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. He's the creator. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. That's very sad, isn't it? The God who created this world came to us, took on human flesh, and when he got here, most of the world, the majority of the world, could care less about him. Some of the people hated him. Some of the people just ignored him. Same as the world today. Yeah, people, they have a great hatred toward Christianity today. That is growing in our liberal world. But, but some people, they, they, they won't tell you that they hate it. They just ignore it. But that's another way of rejecting it. It says he came to his own people. Who's that talking about? He came to the Jewish people that were waiting for the Messiah. They're waiting for uh, Elijah to come back. And John the Baptist dresses up as Elijah in spirit and power and tells them they should have known. Here comes the Messiah. And then Jesus comes. And he's so loving and he's so gracious. He's so full of joy. And all he does is love people and help people and heals people. And the people don't want him. How sad. Why? Why? Because they were blind. They were spiritually blind. <clears throat> it was so obvious, but they still couldn't see it. You know, if you go out, you go out tomorrow and you're with somebody and you go, hey, look at the sun. Hey, you see the sun? Look, like you're all excited about it. They're going to look at you like, yeah, duh. It's a sunshine state. It comes out every day. Yeah. Well, we Hey, look at the sun, look at the sun. Everybody sees the sun. It's obvious. You don't have to tell anybody. But who can't see the sun? Somebody that's blind. They have no eyesight. So they can't see the sun. So you have to tell them about it. Or God would have to heal them like Jesus will in John's gospel for them to see the sun. Spiritually speaking, people can't see the Son of God because they're spiritually blind to it. Their hearts are hard to it. Let me show you one of the saddest verses of all the Bible. We're gonna, we'll get to this when we get to John 3, but I think it goes with this. This is right after uh, John is talking about, for God so loved the world. God loved the world that he sends his son. He goes on, he says, God doesn't wanna condemn the world. He wants to save you. If you're a sinner today living in darkness, God loves you, he wants to save you. He doesn't want to condemn you. But right after John says all this, he says this, saddest, one of the saddest verses in the Bible, John 3, 19. And this, <clears throat> hold on here. This distracts me, but sometimes you have to do it. Uh, he says, and this is the judgment. In other words, here's the verdict. The light has come into the world, 
And people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Why can't people recognize the obvious? Why can't they embrace the truth? Because they love darkness more than the light. And that's why when we present the gospel to our friends and our family, we just can't understand why they don't want the joy we have. Why do they don't want the peace? Why do they don't want to know for sure when they die they're going to be with God? Because they love their darkness. So they, they don't want anything to do with Jesus or the church. I don't need that church. I don't, I don't need that Bible. I, I don't need that Jesus stuff. I'm a good person. And they go out into eternity in darkness because they reject it, because that's what they want. And that's what they love. I, uh, when I was a youth minister, when you're a children's minister, youth minister, it's great working with the kids and the youth, but sometimes you have to deal with the parents. Okay? <laughs> when, I, when I was a little league coach, I used to tell the other coaches, Draft all, all the young guys coming in. I'd say, listen, draft parents, not kids, okay? Because it, it can be a headache. But uh, so when I was a youth minister, I had this young girl. I was over at First Christian Church back, this is back in the 80s. And so this young girl came to youth group. She was a troubled teenager. She was doing all kinds of things. If you have a teenage girl, if you loved your daughter, you would not want her to be doing. And she was living a lifestyle like me, so she could relate to me, because I was a teenager once too, doing all the things she was doing. <clears throat> and so she came, and she heard the gospel. And so I talked to her about God. She was interested. She could sense the darkness she was in. She wanted some light. So I shared with her the gospel and got her a Bible, and she began to come. So she goes home and tells her mom that she's a Christian now, and she's not going to be going to the parties anymore. And she's reading her Bible, and she wants to change her ways. And you know what the mother said? No, no, you're not. You need to be a normal teenager. You don't need to be going to that church and reading the Bible. You, you need to get out there. Go to the parties. Get out there with your friends. Live your life. You don't... Wow. Why? Because this mother, this mother, she didn't like the light. She would rather her daughter live in the darkness. How sad. And you might be saying, man, that lady went to hell. Uh, you want to know, you don't want to know 15 years later? Because I didn't go and beat on her door and yell at her and scream at her and tell her, what kind of mother are you? Just prayed about it, let God work on it. You know, later on, that mother ended up coming to our church, Freedom Bible Church, and gave her heart to Christ before she died. You see, she was in darkness, and she was running from the light. You know, you go out in the, in the old shed and turn on, the, turn on the light, the roaches run, don't they? Roaches don't like the light, see? And people are like roaches out there in our world. They don't want to hear the light. You're getting that light in my eyes. And she was like that. But here was the good news. God didn't give up on her. God loved her and God worked on her. She sensed her darkness and she came 
to the light. God is a gracious, loving God. And I don't care how dark you're living, God wants to turn the light on in you so you can know him and love him. And that, that brings me to the good news. Number three and finally, let's look at light received. Light received. Here's the good news in all this. The world is dark. The majority of the people of the world in Jesus' day rejected him. Oh, there were a few. All the Jews, I said this last week, all the Jews did not reject Jesus because the apostles were Jewish. The writers of the New Testament, all except for Luke, were Jewish. So there was a remnant that came to Christ. And it just seems, Jesus says, what does Jesus say? He says, he says enter through the narrow door. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But go through the narrow door. Go through the few. Christians are few. True Christians. They're few. And and Jesus says, come through that door. Come through my door the only way. But yet many people are still in that wide gate of false religion or thinking they're a good person or whatever. And it leads them astray. Uh, John 1.12, yet to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So there's the good news. In the midst of the darkness, in the midst of our world getting darker and darker, yet if you receive him, if you receive the true light, then he will give you the right to be a child of God. You say, Frank, isn't everybody in the world a child of God? No, no. Everybody in the world is created by God. Scripture says that God forms you in your mother's womb. God, is, God created you. So in that sense, as, a, as the creator, everybody is a child of God, a creation of God. But remember what Jesus is, we're going to see what Jesus says to the Jewish religious leaders. They were bragging that their father was Abraham. And Jesus looked at him and said, no, your father is the devil. Why did he tell them that? Because they refused to come to Christ for salvation. They wanted to keep their religion. They were so proud of their religion. They were so proud that they had power over the people. That's what religion does. They loved putting guilt on people with their religion to, to have power over them. And they made a big profit off of it. A lot of religion makes a lot of profit off guilting people. But the true God wants to remove your guilt and forgive your sins and give you the light and give you the right to become a child of God. So not everybody's a child of God. <clears throat> only those who receive the light of Jesus Christ. The last verse says this, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It's a great verse. That's an important verse. So he's saying these children of God 
This is, this is how you become a child of God. They're not from blood. Not, it's not a physical thing. You know, the Jews thought that because they were physically born a Jew, they were automatically a child of God. Well, Israel was God's children in a sense, but when they rejected Christ, Jesus said, you, you can't be God's children, right? So you can't be a child of God how you're born. It's not your nationality. You know, you got people in America, they think they're, they think they're Christians because they live in America. You know, the bumper sticker, God, guns, and guts. That don't make you a Christian. That don't make you a Christian. I, I like the bumper sticker, but that don't make you a Christian. You, it's not where you're born. It's not the will of the flesh. It's not what you do that makes you a Christian. Going to church does not make you a Christian. Going to Mr. Donut does not make you a police officer. All right? <laughs> not the will of man. It's nothing you can do. It's nothing I can do. It's but of God. It's what God does in us through the power of His Spirit that enlightens our soul and enlightens our mind. We're going to talk about, Jesus is going to talk about being born again. In John 3, it's a beautiful thing. And I want to say this about being born again. Because I, I, love, I love what it means to be born again. I was born again. I, 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 I embraced it. I felt it. It's, it's, it's continuing in my life. I'm a different person because of what happened to me. But there's a lot of people in the world who claim to be born again, and you know them, and they're crazy. They're crazy, folks. They stand on the street corner with signs and they're cross-eyed and yelling and screaming, I'm born again, be born again, right? They come into your work and they just are obnoxious and tell everybody, you better be born again or you're going to hell, and then they don't do any work. They're lazy. Why is that? Because you know the devil that disguises himself as an angel of light, he wants Christians to look stupid. He wants Christians to look like they're a bunch of weirdos. He wants Christians, and that's why the media, when Christians do something wrong, man, they cover that, right? To keep you from the truth. Well, a lot of these people claiming to be born again, and I've already, I say it all the time, a lot of people claiming to be Christians, they're not true Christians. They're religious Christians. God wants to make you a real Christian. And it can only happen by the power of God born again spiritually from your heart. And God, God will change you from being weird God will change you from being religious, weird, to being, he'll put you together and give you a sound mind. And you'll be able to be a witness to others of what a real Christian is. If you're here today, I pray for you. I pray, I pray that you would be open, that your, your heart would embrace the light, the only true light, okay? I know 
you got people. I know you got some aunt that says she's embraced the light. And her religion is she lights candles and prays to the candles and Casper the friendly ghost. And she's got the light. Listen, that's not light. That's darkness. That's craziness. That cannot get you to God. Embrace the one and only true light, Jesus Christ, who came, communicated, lived a life, died on a cross for your sin, for my sin, and rose again from the grave, and it's changed history forever. But what God wants to do is change you forever and make you his child. It's your choice. It's your choice. Jesus is going to talk about the wind, the wind of the Holy Spirit, how it blows. And the Holy Spirit can blow on someone today. That light can just illuminate your soul today. Don't run from it. Embrace it. You know, the moths go toward the light, don't they? Roaches run. Don't be a roach. Be a moth. Go toward the light. The light of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Pray with me. So I'll take up where Nathaniel's prayer left off, praying about how it's not about us, it's about God. We can't be good enough, we can't be religious enough. We've all sinned, let's face it. Sure, some of us are worse than others. I put me at the top of the worst list. But yet, God is a gracious God. And we'll see in John 3, for God so loved the world. And I've seen God change people. Just like I've seen God change that mother who told her daughter, do not go to that church. She came to church and loved the teaching of the Bible and the truth of Jesus Christ. And God can change your heart as well. So in this moment, you don't need me to pray for you. You can pray for yourself. And you don't need some fancy prayer. Frank, I don't know what to pray. How about this? God, help me. God, forgive me. God, save me. And be sincere. And Scripture says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, and that's talking about Jesus Christ, they will be saved. Father, thank you for these dear people who came this morning after a busy week, God, of work, so many things going on. They would come to a church service where we worship you, sing to you, and look at your word and learn about you. God, I know there's so many new people. They've never even read the Bible. They've never even heard stories from the Bible. Somebody here might have never even heard of John the Baptist. But God, I just pray the little bit that they heard, that it was under, they understood it. That God, your Holy Spirit would enlighten their mind and enlighten their heart so they can see the light of the sun. So they're no longer blind, but they will see. So I pray that you do your work on your people. God, you know the hearts of everyone. You know who's, who's rejecting it. You know those who want to ignore it, who hate it. And you know those here and those watching that want to embrace it. So God, I pray that 
those hearts, your children, you would gather them to you today. And in the days to come, before it's too late, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.